Today on Locked On Red Wings, how will the new general managers in the Eastern Conference affect the Detroit Red Wings? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scott is host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Scotty, uh, Friday episode, we're going to be kind of laid back about it. We've been kind of hammering hard. Uh, trade proposals, free agent signings, draft profiles. We kind of just want to have a, a low-key Friday. And to do so, uh, we're going to get pissed off. I'm going to get pissed off about jersey patches. Not keep it nice and low-key, um, but in a little bit. We're going to talk today, guys, about the cup final, because by the time uh, the, we don't do Saturday and Sunday episodes, obviously, and the cup final starts on Saturday. So we're going to talk about you know our predictions for the cup final, what we think of the matchup uh, in regards to Florida versus Vegas. We're going to talk about the jersey patch that was unveiled for the Florida Panthers and how its placement is hideous, and we all have jersey ads to blame. Uh, and we're going to talk about the new general managers in the Eastern Conference, and that's Brad Tree Living with the Toronto Maple Leafs and Kyle Dubas with the Pittsburgh Penguins and how that might affect the Detroit Red Wings. Um, and then, of course, given if we have time, we'd like to finish off with a quick how do you feel about it Friday. But first of all, Scotty, happy Friday, buddy. Happy Friday, man. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I like – the docket we have today just because be we are i mean like obviously we we talk a lot about the wings and whatnot but we uh we haven't had too many opportunities lately at least just to kind of like look throughout the league and talk about all of the news and notes and and big things that have been happening i think the last time we really did that was on the coyotes night like that was really the last time we did kind of like not red wings, league, just like yeah. a league overview because we talked about playoffs and stuff around that as well so yeah just kind of looking around the league and and uh and talking about our, our feelings of what's happening you know outside of the red rings organization but still how it affects us at the end of the day yeah absolutely and we want to start off talking about these cup final predictions because on saturday obviously we all know the florida panthers as the eighth seed having upset uh the boston bruins then the toronto maple leafs and then having beat the carolina hurricanes get to face off against the vegas golden knights who won the pacific division in the cup final and uh, I want to know your opinion on this, Scotty. Do you think, well, one, I want to know who you have between the two, but one, do you think that the long layoff that the Florida Panthers have had nine whole days before the start of game one of the Stanley Cup final after having swept the Carolina Hurricanes is gonna, you know, kind of kill their momentum? So in general, I am not a massive I don't want to say believer because like it's objectively true but I'm not a a massive like oh the long layoff really hurts you kind of person that that in all sports that's always a conversation anytime one team makes it to a round way before another team right and there's a big layoff that's always a big question mark in general I don't think it has as much of an effect as much of a negative effect on like a team that that maybe the general public thinks but i mean it like that's a long time nine days (laughs) that's still like that that's a almost a week and a half like that is a a really really long time so i don't know i i think 
if it does, it might just be like a game one thing, and, and then the, the they'll get. I don't think it'll like derail the entire series. And I do still have Florida. I guess the transition into who I think is going to win. I do still have Florida. I just think the the top end talent as well as the great equalizer, which is a, a hot goalie, and that uh, is a, is a heck of a a duo they have right now with Kachuk and Bob. So um, yeah, I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Florida still. I'll say it goes six. I'll take six Florida. And I'll take Panthers in six. I think it'll be a a, a relatively close series, but um, I, I don't know. I, that that's a team that again, like you just listed off all the teams that they have beaten already. Uh, uh, when they're at their best, I think it's not even a subjective thing. I think it's pretty objective. No team in the NHL can beat them when they're at their best. I mean. Let's rephrase that to say no team in the NHL can beat Sergei Bobrovsky because right. as as Literally. much as we praise the Florida Panthers and how well they've been playing, they do have a very aggressive forecheck and it's just a great style of it's a fun style of hockey to play. They would not they got shelled in a lot of those games against the Carolina Hurricanes. You look back on those shot attempts yeah, and yeah. the num the shot differential and it's Carolina with almost forty and then Florida with like twenty three. The like you said, the great equalizer is Sergei Bar Sergei Bobrovsky. So you need to hope that those nine days off don't kill that. I mean, let that mo momentum is a huge thing. And I do, it's a double-edged sword, these layoffs. Because on one hand, as long of a layoff as this is, it's kind of hard to like keep that fervor going, that flame going. And obviously they're professionals. They should be prepared to go any given day, any given night. But there is an element of truth to that. That The long layoffs, there is an element of truth to that. Now, the great teams can overcome that. But on the other side of things, nine whole days to get healthy. If there's guys right. who have been banged up, bruised up, have like sprains or whatever, obviously if you have a broken bone, that's not going to get fixed in nine days, but that's nine days to get back to 100% health. So that is a bit of a double-edged sword. And it's not to say also that Vegas hasn't had a layoff because I don't like that the NHL did this, but I understand why the NHL did this. The NHL delayed starting the series until Saturday 1 because starting on a Saturday is just going to get you better viewership. But also um, that gives Vegas a layoff as well. So Vegas had a layoff. I think they finished on what Tuesday, Monday or Tuesday was their final game. And so that's yeah. going to be four or five days. It's not like it's two days and they're right back in it. So they had a layoff too. Now the other factor about the other factor into why they waited so long, the Stanley cup or the NHL to start the Stanley cup final is because if it goes seven games, you have a little over a week between the end of the Stanley cup final and the NHL draft. They're trying to parlay it into the next season, which I completely understand. And I completely get, but I don't like, I feel like while putting it on a Saturday is smart, the long delay between the end of the conference finals and the start of the Stanley Cup finals is almost going to have people taper off interest in the Stanley Like the NHL is already considered a niche sport in a lot of people's eyes. There are people out there who don't know who Connor McDavid is, despite the fact that he's the best player in hockey, because it's considered still a niche sport. To have that long layoff, anyone who is garnering interest that's like a fringe fan is going to just completely lose interest. And I, I don't... I don't like it. I don't like that long layoff. So I understand what you're saying. My counterpoint is this is happening at the exact same time as the NBA finals. And they're avidly trying to avoid having those on the same day for a reason. And, and I get so, that. It works out great if you're Florida too, because then you have every other day. Right. <laughs> so I guess my, my counter to that is like they, yes, the law, I, I understand your point, but they are doing everything in their power to make it the premier sporting event every single night it's on. And to that, even though I think 
the the NHL marketing department is probably the worst of the four American mm-hmm. sports, either that or MLBs. Um, it, they are at least doing something to try and uh, avoid having the and I don't know how the rest of the series is going to play out or if the you know like after game four when it's all TBD games I don't know how those line up with the NBA finals but at least they're trying off rip to prevent an overlap there which is is at least something I guess that's fair and I don't think I gave my pick yet on who I think is going to win I think honestly I mean my heart despite the hat that I'm wearing my heart does want Florida to win um just because there's something about that Vegas Golden Knights team that I just don't really jive with say it no say with your chest man no one likes them like i don't know why we have to pretend like oh they're like the cute new team like i know they're not the newest team anymore but like pretty much since their first year like no one has liked them like genuinely they're i don't know if it was uh uh like if it's a personnel thing maybe but like they i don't know like they don't have like a bunch of i think it's like, like horrible individual but like it's I don't, the it, arrogance. It's weird. like they got success right away and some yeah. people envy that that's certainly a thing but like re- like no one really likes vegas already and like they're not that old of a team it's kind of crazy yeah, and I mean, I've gone to a Vegas Golden Knights game. I was lucky enough to be in Vegas at the time when Vegas was playing Tampa back in twenty early early twenty twenty, right before the pandemic hit. In fact, and uh, I got to see a game. That's when I picked up this hat, and it was the atmosphere is phenomenal. I put on a great show. Yeah, but you're right, there, show, for sure. there there is an element of arrogance, and maybe I'm interpreting arrogance where there is none because I envy that fact that they saw success so early. But like six years in the league back-to-back Stanley Cup finals, having only missed the playoffs one year, not back-to-back cup finals, but two cup finals only having missed the playoffs in one year. A little bit of envy in me. I can missed. Yeah. Like that was a a historic choke job. Like they should have, they were in prime position to, and just completely fell apart in the last month of the season. So, but, but I think even bigger than that, bigger than the little bit of envy I have towards their immediate success in the NHL, which let's admit it is actually good for the league for expansion teams to succeed right off rip Seattle making the playoffs this year. After their inaugural season was a down year, Matty B. NHL got to admit those are that's those are great things for the NHL outside of my own petty personal envious envy. Um, my other issue is, and this is the bigger issue, is like the cap circumvention crap that they they pull. Any team that does that stuff, it drives me nuts. Tampa bit it. Sure. Tampa did it, and I didn't like it. Chicago did it, and I didn't like it. Arizona's doing it now on the opposite end, and I don't like it. And I think that the NHL needs to step in and like close the loopholes so teams can't do this. Like. Oh, your star player is miraculously healthy right in the time of the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning when the cap goes away, which why does the cap go away during the Stanley Cup playoffs? I don't understand that. It makes no sense to me. So in three years when we do it. Well, see, it's okay if we do Oh, okay. Let's <laughs> yeah, just clarify that. Okay, cool. No, yeah, but I'm it's you. it's it's wrong when anyone does it. I mean, it's legal, and if it's as long as it's legal, like keep taking advantage of it because you'd be stupid not to, right? But also like the NHL should close that loophole. For sure. I get what you're saying. So, uh, But all that given, I do think Vegas is going to win because I think Jack Eichel, much like Matt Kachuk, uh, has reached that next level in the playoffs. And Aiden Hill has been great as well. But I think in the end, Vegas is going to have those playoff playmakers and a deeper team to follow behind. They got it. a lot, man. They, They're they really, such a deep team. They got a lot over there. Yeah. So great team. I'm envious of them. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take... Down. Huh? Playoff stone. Playoff stone. 
he's he is such a horrible like i don't have any room to talk because i can't <laughs> skate but he cannot skate and yet he's so good <laughs> and it just he's doesn't so matter good. it doesn't make <laughs> sense how are you so good but you he's just like look good. like you're chopping the ice with your feet every time you take a i don't get it's it so funny he's he's That's he's so good uh we're gonna take a quick break and when we come back we're gonna talk about those uh stanley cup jersey patches because i'm gonna get on my soapbox scotty i'm really sorry no you um, know what go off man and then we're going to talk about the two, two new general managers in the Eastern Conference. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Game Time. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concert, comedy, theater, and so much more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And they're sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress using Game Time. Download the app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Segment two, Locked On Red Wings podcast. Uh, let's, Scotty, did you see? So the Florida Panthers unveiled their their jersey with the Stanley Cup patch on it, right? Did you see it? Have you seen it? Let me ask you your thoughts before I go on a 10-minute monologue. Uh, I, I Yeah, I, I don't think it's... Um... I don't think it's it's very visually appealing. I, I will say I, I don't think that it. What is that uh, you said last? You said something last segment to me. Say it with your chest. Say yeah. it. Say it. You're gonna say it. Say it, Scotty. <laughs> it 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 is not optically very pleasing. Uh, it, it does not look very good. I I, I fully agree with that. I, I think that. Um, I I actually like the premise of like adding something to the jersey and adding you know the the stuff to the ice that like the the cup stuff like I I really like that I think it's really cool and basketball does it too and I, I think it's a cool thing that those two sports do and uh, I I really like the idea of adding you know like cup stuff on the jerseys but the location on the jersey of where they chose to place this specific patch I think is honestly horrific and i think that the entire thing looks it, it looks like a like a collage you make in like elementary school you know when you have to just like glue a bunch of pictures from magazines on a piece of paper and you're like look i'm an artist like that's what it looks like it's just a bunch of stuff slapped on all over a jersey that that's pretty much how i feel yeah i'm i'm gonna this is my old man takes like where i i'm you know the old man yells at cloud it's just it's the progression of you know the progression of greed stripping away some of the little things that what what made the nhl great and you kind of touched on it there obviously it's been years since we lost lost the stanley cup final logos on the ice yeah you know it i mean we've had projected ads for almost a decade at this point it feels like it started off with just like ads behind the glass right well then with covid happening they came out and they used the excuse of oh we lost so much money because of covid that we're going to try this and that this and that happened to be more projected ads which we have just plastered on the boards and plastered on the ice they look like crap because 
I mean, the camera's moving, and these are static images that just like shift with the camera. They're con- they're moving with the camera, right. and because they of the location of these ads, they put them where the Stanley Cup final logo would have been on the ice, and then we elevated to the helmets. And I said, I said when they made it onto players' bodies <laughs> that it's not going to stop there. Jerseys were next, and they told us, and they lied to our faces. I mean, said it was a lie right off the right off rip that. If they put it on the helmets, it's going to be on the jersey ads next. And we were told that, oh, well, this is going to be temporary. We try to make up the revenue from COVID. Just a freaking lie. And then, you know, I think it was less than a year after that, we saw an image leak of Alex Ovechkin wearing a jersey. It was like a promotional image with the ad on his jersey. And I'm like, there it is. Now, the Red Wings, they tested out moving their letter to the opposite side so that um, if they got jersey sponsors, they wanted to see how it would look with a smaller letter above the tip. They didn't get one this year. They kept the smaller little letter, but moved it back to where it was yeah. above the wheel, which is just better. It, it just looks better. Scotty, it just looks better right there. And um, now here we are. <laughs> now here we are. We're now a Stanley we Cup final and the cup, the, the Stanley Cup logo, which traditionally goes opposite of the letters on any given jersey, has to be butted up right next to the letter, making it look super crowded because they sold ad space right. on the jersey and they cannot contractually move it. So advertisers and dollars continue to strip away little things that made the sport great. And I know I sound like an old man yelling at clouds. No, right you're now, right, though. Don't even feel bad so about it. It's so ugly. Yeah, don't feel bad about it. It does look bad. The, the fr- most frustrating part is. I honestly, I, I would not be as against it. And, and this might not even be like a popular take, but like if, if it, if they had the ad over there, but the ad actually covered up the entire space, I would be like, okay, well, there literally is no other room. There is a sea yeah. of yes. space there. There, there is a, a six acre farm sized, like blank space of of jersey there just like white plain nothing there um but they can't have any anything over there so they have to bunch it up next to the like the c and the a over so like it, it, and that's it's like just, what three players that are gonna have that problem but it looks yeah for sure and, and like I, I get that as well but it's just like there, there's so much room just like literally right under i don't i forget what their ad is off the top of my head but like there's so much room right underneath their ad that like you could very much fit both over there but but at, or you point, could simply slide the ad up like two inches and it, it, like honestly yeah, it wouldn't you even literally look don't even need to do that there is i'm t- telling you there is so much space over there there's so much space it's just blank um and that's the most frustrating part to me is is just the optics of like they they have to bunch it all up over here and then just have a an open you know nothing happening i don't know it, I mean, like, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look good and it's very easily fixable but and i understand in the way i want to say i wish they had put jersey ads on the base of the jerseys yeah because that's like a nice hidden point not hidden place but like less visually disgusting no, place to sure. put it but i also understand why advertisers would see like hear that opinion and be like, that's why we don't want it there because it's not as visible. They want it somewhere really visible. And on front of a Jersey player's chest is the most visible place. But like how long it's, you know, we talk about slippery slope fallacy and people are going to tell people every step of the way, people are going to tell you it's not a big deal. Like this is, it's not going to like, you're being a baby, but how long until jerseys are moved to the base of the Jersey because they want to put an advertiser's name where the nameplate would be. Like we see this in Europe and the European teams, those teams 
those leagues aren't as well funded as the NHL. So they genuinely probably need the advertising dollars to keep afloat. And I understand that the NHL doesn't have that problem. The NHL is so chock full of advertising dollars, especially now that gambling is legal in so many states. Like, are you telling me these teams genuinely needed Jersey advertisers to help make the cap go up? I don't buy that. I gen- show me if you can show me proof that selling ad space on the ice. So they can't put the Stanley cup final ice on our Stanley cup final logo on the ice right. and that selling ad space on, I can, I can honestly live with the helmets. That doesn't bother me as much. What bothered me is I saw where it was going, but the, the helmet or the Jersey ad, if you can show me data that shows that these Jersey ads directly led to the salary cap going up the next few years, then maybe I'll ease off this, this, but like, I just feel like that everyone says that. And I just never see proof yeah. of that. It just yeah. feels like a talking point to make us cho- swallow it. Right. No, I, I I agree with you. And and we can go back to the episode when we you know when we got jersey ads and that conversation that we had where uh, I was more of the take of one ad is not gonna kill your viewer experience. You're not even gonna notice him on the ice. But these things like this. Well, and you're talking about the helmet ads. Sorry. You're talking about helmet ads. You said jersey ads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Helmet ads. Sorry. Yeah. So like it, 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 so I just had this conversation with the Tiger jersey ads <laughs> literally this week. So my brain is a million different places. But it's just like it's one of those things where um, the, the, the slippery slope argument is really the only one that that in principle is very hard to like rebuttal. Like yeah. if, if it's just one and it blends in with the jersey, most people are going to get over it relatively soon. But things like this, where you're you're directly seeing, obviously, like a, a change in the cup patches and whatnot, and then you know the the first team to 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 get two ads on there, that's when it, everyone's going to go, okay, it's over. Like that, yeah. you know, we're going to be we're going to be Europe in ten years. So the the slippery slope one is definitely fair, and this is just another kind of example in a long line of. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anyways, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the new general managers in the Eastern Conference. And uh, maybe do a how do you feel about it Friday. Depends on how long that conversation runs. But stay tuned for segment three of Lockdown Red Wings. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, Scotty, there are two new general managers in the NHL, in the Eastern Conference, rather. The first one is, let's just lead off with it, Atlantic Division, Toronto Maple Leafs, Brendan Shanahan wasted no time hiring yeah. his new general manager, Brad Tree Living, former general manager of the Calgary Flames, uh, responsible for that Calgary Flames team that made a pretty decent run, what, two years ago now? Um, and then had saw Goudreau walk away to the Columbus Blue Jackets and then traded Matthew Kachuk for Huberto, Huberto and Uyghur, which, let's be honest, like, I know that that trade did not work out for the Flames this in this first season, and I think a lot of that had to do with Daryl Sutter uh, more than it did with how that trade shook out because that sh- trade at the time of the trade pro- looked pretty good for both teams. The Panthers got younger, kept their window open longer, and the Flames got Mackenzie Weger and Jonathan Huberto, who's a little older and needed a huge extension, but I think both though, like I. Uh, it seems like a pretty good trade to me. I think I yeah. will. I want to wait a little bit longer to see who won that trade. It's only been one year out. I want to see if a new coach in Calgary can revitalize Huberto because a lot of it seems like there was locker room issues revolving around the head coach. But yeah, all right. I'm already off topic. Scotty, Tree Living is the new general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. What do you make of that? And how do you think that's going to affect some of the conversations we've had about Toronto and the Red Wings? 
Yeah, I, I think uh, Twitter had a field day with that one just because, uh, like, t- Toronto is desperately trying to find postseason success, right? Desperately trying to find postseason success. They have all the regular season success, success in the world every single year, and uh, they brought in someone who has a history of regular season success and a lack of postseason success yet again. So it's just like really, really funny. Like Twitter had an absolute field day talking about it and everything. And um, I, 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 I'm really interested in the direction that Toronto was headed this off season. Like I, I think this off season is, is huge in determining the, the future. And we've kind of talked about that on earlier episodes earlier in the off season, but like there is so many different directions that that Maple Leafs team can go. And so bringing in a new dude to run the ship, you know, with the amount of possibilities that they have in front of them via whether it's extending everybody, trying to find the money to pay everybody they need to pay over the next two years or starting to trade assets away uh, is just absolutely fascinating. So it's it's uh, I don't think we have like a like a resume that's going to predict the future and say like oh well you know they brought in so and so so that means they're going to trade everyone like I don't think we have anything like that in front of us but uh, I I am very very interested to say the least yeah it's just really fascinating because one of the things he said immediately uh, about what his number one concern was was extending Austin Matthews which I mean I think we all realistically knew was going to happen it was kind of a pipe dream that he'd be like I want out with how good that team is and like Brennan Shanahan has made comments about like the core four is here to stay. But at the same time, with the urgency in which he hired Brad Tree Living to replace Kyle Dubas, because again, we've talked about the new league year begins on July 1st. That's when the new all the no move clauses and no trade clauses that all of Marner, Nylander, and Matthews have kick in. It does make me wonder, like, is part of the urgency in getting new general managers so they can facilitate a trade to open up more cap space? And that's where the, that's where the, besides the fact that they're in our division, that's where the relationship with the Red Wings comes back into it because this is a guy who's already architect, architected, architected? No, architect. You just say built. Built a blockbuster trade once already. Yeah, that sounds fine. Oh, created, made. Constructed, that's better. Constructed a blockbuster. Thank you, Scotty. Uh, a blockbuster trade already. So, you know, this is me grabbing at straws, grasping at straws. I realize that, but with how quickly they brought him in, do you think that maybe that's on that's on their mind that they brought him in so quick quickly so they can facilitate a trade? Well, that that, that was my point. Was like I, I when looking at like his history, like you're trying to find any. Uh, like patterns, right? Like you're trying mm-hmm. to find any patterns in his past that could possibly predict the future. And I, I, I just think that Toronto's situation is so unique that that really would be, like you said, kind of grasping at straws. But I think the the crazy thing is Pittsburgh. Like that whole situation with the Penguins. Oh, they jumped on Dubas the minute he was out. Yeah, well, it, that's a fascinating situation too because that's been a team that for the last five years has been on the decline. Right. And they're just trying to hold on to the Crosby and and Malkin era as long as they possibly can and not let it go. And so bringing in kind of like a a, a young, I don't want to say up and coming anymore, but like a a, a young GM who's uh, helped build rosters in the past to kind of navigate them through this weird time where like Pittsburgh's trying to, to 
make their window as long as possible, but like they barely missed the playoffs this year. Like, are they going to really take a step back forward next year? Like, that's a really, really unique situation for Pittsburgh and for Dubas. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know what? Can you really blame Pittsburgh? I mean, you have no, it's either this, it's either hang on, and you know what? it's tough because you're looking at a situation the Red Wings were in what, you know, almost a decade ago where they were trying to hold on. They had an older dad, you get an older Zetterberg and they, Illich yeah. wanted Holland to keep that window open for as long as possible. And we talk about it in hindsight saying that, yeah, the Red Wings should have started their rebuild earlier, you know, but it's hard to do that when, you have generational talent that's still really good, like Crosby and Malkin and Latang still played really well despite their age, and you think you might be able to squeeze one more playoff. I like it's really hard to blame them in the moment, but you realize too that if you delay it, it could turn out disastrous. You could end up like the Red Wings, where you're in the seventh year of your freaking rebuild and nothing good has come of it yet. I mean, that's right. that's exaggerating, but like no first overall picks, like just it's, it's a weird situation to be in because that's a team that definitely should be looking at a rebuild sooner rather than later. I think as, as much, I don't want to praise the Chicago Blackhawks, but they looked that in the, they looked that gone down the barrel and said, pull the trigger. Yeah. And they let, they traded Kane away and basically you're like, Hey, sorry, buddy, but this is what's happening. And I kind of, I don't, I don't want to say respect, but I agree with that decision of getting, I'm don't, I don't respect the Blackhawks at all. <laughs> But I agree with the decision of starting a rebuild sooner than later, but it's a tough pill to swallow. And you have Crosby, Malkin, and Latang again. It's hard to not run it back. I get that. I just hope that in five years, Pittsburgh Penguins fans aren't saying to themselves, man, we should have done this sooner. Well, that's the po- – well, I, it's tough because I, I – I understand the – like trying to maximize value and all your assets and everything, but – I just – I don't think you can with a guy like Crosby. Like, I just really don't think you can. Like, I, yeah. I I think that that's just one of those rare times when as an organization you just got to be like, you know what, we're going to ride this till the end. Back in, you know, 2006, we were like, we're riding this all the way through no matter yeah. what. Like, we're going to we're gonna see this thing through the end. We're going to we're gonna take this dude uh, for, for the rest of his career from day one until the day he retires and – I think you, you kind of owe it to yourself uh, and to the fans and, uh, I mean, to Crosby, honestly, to just kind of ride it out and, and and just take it all the way to the end. I, even the guys you mentioned, like Crosby's just on a different level than even all those guys. So, yeah, I, I think that it's just one of those situations where they're just going to milk every single ounce of hockey that that Crosby and Malkin, like I said, have left, and, and they're just going to see what happens. It's crazy that we're talking about Crosby in a we're talking about Crosby in a sense that he's like past his prime and it's the later years, and he's Not, still and he's still so good. A but point of game player, <laughs> but it's also crazy to talk about Crosby in that regard at all. Like right. he was just he's been such a fixture of both of our youth. For so long, and we're well, both twenty-seven. Right? Or I'm twenty-seven. Lives. You're like twenty-five. <laughs> both of our lives, not even really you. Like he came yeah. into the league when I was in third grade. And he was like two thousand three. Yeah, dude, I was in third or fourth grade when he came into the league, and now I'm in my mid twenties, and he's still a point of game player. Like <laughs> that's yeah, like that. That's just that. 
I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird feeling. It's it's similar to like to put it in Detroit terms, like when Miguel Cabrera retires. Like he's been on my baseball team for this pretty much the exact same length as Crosby's career, honestly. And it's um, hard. I can't even remember the Tigers without like I know he wasn't on the was he? He, he wasn't, wasn't on the, the 06. Yeah, he wasn't. Draft. And like I can't he got I him can't, in 07. So yes. Like I don't remember the Tigers without him. I really don't. Like he just yeah. feels like he's been a Tiger my entire life. Right. But, and like yeah, like the like the Lions, like the 0 16 team. I was in elementary school. So like when Stafford left, like that was, you know, like again, I was in my mid twenties when he left. And uh he had been my quarterback since since <laughs> I was literally in elementary school. Like there's there's just certain players like that that you just will always associate with a team, a sport, et cetera. And, and, and Crosby certainly is one of those guys. So there's a couple other things or one more thing I want to bring up that I wanted, but I mean, it's already passed and it's over already, but there were four players that the Detroit Red Wings had to sign to an ELC by five o'clock on Thursday. Uh, we're recording this. It is currently five fourteen, So this has passed already. It's over. Um, and if they didn't, they would lose exclusive rights. And those players were, let me pull it up for you real quick, because Cap Friendly tweeted it out earlier. Always, They're always friendly over at Cap, Cap Friendly. friendly. Uh, Gustav Berglund, Albin Grew, Oscar Plandowski, and Pascal Zito. Uh, the Red Wings did not sign any of those guys to entry-level contracts, and today was the deadline to do so, uh, thus losing their exclusive negotiating rights. So they are uh, gone, essentially. They're no longer prospects of the Detroit Red Wings. Now, Grand Rapids could still like sign them. They could still remain in the organization, but now they are free to do whatever they want. They're no longer technically Detroit assets, but I don't think any of that's really huge losses. I mean, if they, I don't think anyone's really a surprise. I thought maybe Alvin grew might get an ELC at some point, but he, none of those guys really rose to the occasion to be like, Hey, our future is with Detroit. It didn't seem like at least. Yeah, for sure. Agreed. Um, and I did want to ask you one, how do you feel about it? I know it's already like 33 minutes in, but how do you feel about Monty Williams becoming the new coach of the Detroit Pistons? I cannot express to you how excited I am. I got down on my knees in a Walmart and just started I crying. I, just said that. <laughs> I really, I was, I was so amped. I called, um, one of my best friends right away and we freaked out about it. You didn't um, call that's, me. That's, uh, you're right. Uh, that's, I said one of my best friends. Yeah. The, uh, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> In front of all these people watching right now. <laughs> um, but I, I, yeah, like one of my, one of my, my buddies, we, uh, he called me right away and we freaked out about it. Um, that's, I mean, that's one of the premier coaches in the NBA. I don't understand the people that are like, that's too much money. Like coach money doesn't go to the cap, dude. And it's not yours. Like, why yeah. does anyone care? I, they could have given him 500 mil for all I care. I don't care. Like it, it, it's a salary cap sport and that money isn't toward the cap. It literally doesn't matter. And guess what? When you're the Detroit Pistons and you have literally no direction and you have no get like no future, you got to spend big to get guys to come here because it's going to yeah. be hard to lure guys. Otherwise now you have he somebody. Said no, when we lost the lottery, we yeah. offered him a contract and he said no. And then they went back and, with incentives, it could be literally go all the way up to an $100 million contract. I cannot wait until his introductory, introductory press conference when he's like, they're asking him like, oh, why did you, you know, what right. changed your mind? And he's just to like pretend like it Kane. wasn't the money. Cade yeah. Cunningham. I, I really believe in this team's future. They got a good group of young kids. It's like, oh, then why didn't you say yes the first time? Well, you know, yeah, okay, <laughs> buddy. 
but I don't care. Again, I, I, I don't care, dude. That, that's a premier coach yeah. in this league. He, he's young. He can be the coach for a long time. Um, I'm so pumped. I, I think like we're getting Cade back next year. We're getting Monty Williams. And I know the lottery didn't go our way, but still a top five pick in the draft. All three of those assets are all guaranteed to come back next year. Plus we have salary cap space. I think next year could be a fun one for sure. And before Cade gets hurt again. All right, calm down, dude. Just saying. Just saying. That's why I Listen. didn't call you. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> Jerk. Uh, what? Get, get out of here. When did you write that? When did you do that? This is why I don't want you to have power. I can I can turn it off. You're ridiculous. <laughs> that was awesome. Dang it, I didn't know. Right, it's not rides yours, dude. All right. I also did an apostrophe there. That wasn't grammatically correct. But anyways, we'll be back with a new episode on Monday. Scotty, any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. I'm going to turn this off. Jesus, what is wrong with you? <laughs> same time, same place. To your team every day. Every day.